What is up? Welcome back to the 3C Podcast. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, VP of Marketing at The Juice. It's Friday. You know what that means. I'm bringing you a conversation with another content person who is getting you to think a little bit differently about what you're up to. I am joined by Alessandra Kalachi, who's the VP of Marketing at Mailshake. And we're talking about finding the golden ratio between SEO and brand content. I think it's something we're all aspiring to do in our roles as content people. And Alessandra is dropping some knowledge in this one. If you like what I'm doing over here, hit the subscribe button. Tell a content friend about the 3C podcast. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the 3C Podcast. Excited for today's conversation. I am joined by Alessandra Colacci, who's the VP of Marketing at Mailshake. Uh, We had a conversation, I don't know, a few weeks ago, and uh, we were talking about a topic that I think we we all struggle with as marketing people and as content marketers. Um, So we're going to get into that. But before we do, Alessandra, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? I, I cannot complain. I'm these are the having these conversations are the the best part of my day. I always feel like it's like going to school. I just was on a call actually with another content marketer and I said, uh, and maybe this is a, a, a phrase that I'll coin is I, I say it's kind of like content marketing therapy. So it's always good. <laughs> so I'm having a good day. I love it. That that's the best kind of therapy, I think. I mean, I, I love talking about content. And so, you know, I, I feel like that's fun times. <laughs> yeah, it's not to stray too far away, but I think like we all as marketers have these ideas and we execute these ideas and we have roadblocks that we deal with and we sh- we have these struggles. Mm. And I think sometimes just having a conversation with somebody across the globe, wherever, who's doing similar things, like it's a little therapeutic because you realize you're not the only one going through some of these struggles. Totally. That's totally true. I think it's one of those things where we, you know, we feel like someone's super human and that, you know, they have all the answers and you're like, oh, we're all figuring it out. Like we're all figuring it out together. This is very helpful. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, I'm excited. I guess before we jump into the topic, just I'm I'm, I'm hesitating a little bit because I want to make sure we get everything in. Why don't you talk? I think Mailshake has an awesome brand. I, I love what you guys are doing um, just with your brand and on the content front. Why don't you share a little bit about Mailshake, what you guys are up to for anyone who might not know? Sure. So I think what's most interesting about Mailshake as a brand is, you know, we come from a place where our founder has been very, you know, interested in content, very involved in content. He's been a leader in the space for a number of years. And so I love working for a CEO that's that understands marketing and that comes from that background. So Really, it's been in our DNA since day one. Um, initially, we were a tool that was built for outreach in terms of SEO, for link building. And then we've since evolved to an end-to-end solution for sales teams and marketing teams who want to do cold outreach across different you know, channels. They might do social outreach, um, email, um, and also by phone. And so um, you know, really, our big focus has been in, in building the brand has been how do we get in front of the right kind of people. And uh, mostly that's been SEO just for the last couple of years. It's evolving a little bit in the last six months or so to, to be more, you know, kind of across different channels, but, um, but that's where, where we've been. And so we, we definitely, you know, have built a decent amount of awareness, which is really exciting because I think we have that uh, foundational base for, for what's next for us. I love that. And um, 
just something you touched on, I think is, is uh, important, but working for uh, a CEO or working from, for somebody, wh- whatever role you're in, who understands marketing and who has maybe is, has been a marketer in a previous life. That's something like I can relate with at the juice. Our CEO is a, a marketer. So I feel like it, it, it makes my job a little easier. There is less and, and I'm not saying like internal marketing and internal selling is something you shouldn't do, but I feel like there's less of a, well, having to explain, well, what's this mean? Or why are you doing this? Uh, do you feel that just in working around a, a team of marketers that it's easier for you to execute on things and maybe less questioning because the, the kind of the, you, your primary stakeholders understand how marketing works? Yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of things, especially um, I like to be very experimental and try, you know, things that we maybe haven't tried before. And a lot of times if your your founder, your CEO doesn't understand that, then it's like, okay, well, you know, why are you doing this? Or, you know, maybe it's something that doesn't get measured very well early on. There's sometimes things that are never measurable because they're they're a part of that whole ecosystem and how people are engaged and how they're um, learning about your brand. And, you know, um, an example I bring up a lot lately is, we're getting more active on social media. And I, you know, pre- in a previous life, I've been very active on social media. That was like my main channel, but obviously now it's harder and harder to prove that, that value. And however, anecdotally, we're hearing so many people who are like, oh, we see your team everywhere. And we just like, we, I feel like every bunny mail to shake team is in my newsfeed and things like that. And so, you know, those are the indicators that uh, if, if we have a founder that really understands that marketing sometimes is the the unknowns um, that you have to kind of look at the signals that are are not necessarily measured in exact traffic that are attributed back. Um, it helps you have a team that can experiment and try different things, you know, on the fly. I, I love that. And I think just as, as marketers, like, and I always try to preface this by saying like, we should measure things. M- measurement is important. However, I don't think we should obsess over it and lose sleep over it and and not do things because we're unsure on the measurement. So I think that maybe it's kind of a good lead into our conversation. And the, the topic we're going to be talking about everyone is kind of finding the golden ratio between SEO and brand content. This is a topic that I'm not quite sure like anyone has it quite figured out. Maybe there are a bunch of smart people out there that are just making it happen. But this is something that I think we all struggle with as marketers right now. So maybe just like leading off on this topic, I'd be I'd be curious, just like initial thoughts on this topic, like struggles. How how are you thinking about this? Just like at a high level, and we'll drill into kind of more specifics as we go on. Yeah, I mean, what I think is so fascinating is the, especially you know, kind of in the last few years of my career, I've realized that the golden ratio is is like in everything. It's just one of those things that it truly is um, something that ends up being a part of the, the literal 80-20 rule um, ends up being a part of so many things. Like I may look at, you know, who are our most active customers or things like that. And a lot of times, you know, it, sometimes it's the 20% that's contributing 80% of the revenue or other times it's like 20% of our, our efforts and marketing are contributing 80% of the, the results, things like that. So I think most of the time, a good, if you're like, we don't know what the ratio should be, you know, a kind of a good stake in the ground is usually that 80-20 rule. So, you know, for us, that's looked like what, like even things with what kind of persona should we focus on? You know, we may have 80% of it be like our core persona and 20% that's a mix of the other personas 
um, depending on the phase we're in, it may be only 10% of those other personas or like that, that may shift in terms of the percentages. But I think you just kind of put a stake in the ground and say, okay, here's where we're starting. Let's see how this goes. And then we can always adjust as we have like different needs in our marketing or, you know, now we need to go from maybe awareness to growth or, um, you know, focus on conversion or other parts of the funnel. And that might change, but you can always start with that, that, you know, true golden ratio of 80, 20, and then see how it goes in, in initial rollout. I love it. And you mentioned different personas and trying to apply resources to different initiatives. I know you, you as VP of marketing, you've got a team. I think I'd love to maybe understand just how your, how marketing fits into what's happening at MailShake and then like your team specifically, what people are responsible for and, and how kind of are you thinking about their roles in the 80-20 rule? Yeah, I think what since we have really good awareness, a lot of people are surprised at how small our team is. And so people are always like, oh, I thought you guys were like two or three times that size. Um, but really until recently, it was we had an SEO specialist and a content manager, and that was that was it. And so it was just them. Um, and then I was brought in late last year around December. And so that was had been for a number of years, you know, really focused on SEOs. So our SEO specialist will do research and look at keywords. And then our content manager will will kind of drive that forward in terms of working with writers and and you know we usually have external vendors that are writers and so that's kind of the makeup of the team. Then now we're shifting to how do we have other channels that we haven't explored. So recently, about two months ago, we also brought in a, a partner marketing manager just because I think you know tapping into what I call other people's audiences. You know, it's like that's super powerful because they may have a very highly engaged audience in the right space where those those personas we're targeting. And um, it's like, how can we create that win-win with, you know, anything we're doing with them? And then now we're also hiring a growth marketing manager to look at kind of how we bring it down funnel to focus on, you know, we're very solid on the traffic, obviously. That's something that we've already been very, very lucky and and really built up a, a lot of a lot of motion behind and then it's like how do we kind of bring that down to the conversion and the next steps that that we need to to have them take action on so that's like kind of where we're at is it's a very small team right now just uh, those um three current people on the team and myself and then the growth marketing manager will probably be you know for this year at least uh, in the next few months will be our, our next hire coming up there's a ton to unpack there i'm curious um with the team growing and with there being, you know, defined roles and like any role, right? Everyone's being measured on something. How is you kind of as the marketing leader, how do you balance the 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 brand initiatives and people responsible for driving those with um, maybe SEO growth initiatives and the people that are responsible for, for driving those? Like how are, how are you, when you're in team meetings, like how are you talking about it? How are you managing that? And how, just making sure that there's good cross-functional collaboration? Yeah, I mean, I think for some of these things, it's, um, you know, for, for SEO and some of that, obviously we're measuring traffic, but um, that sometimes can become a very squishy metric because, you know, <laughs> right now Google seems to just be trying to mess with all of us. And, you know, it's like, Hey, let's just make your lives really difficult for the last few months. And so I think on that front, you know, our goal is to kind of future proof ourselves as much as possible. You know, it's somewhat of an unknown entity, but what I've realized lately is um, SEO, the more you can create in an SEO asset into, it, it feels like an owned asset, but it's kind of like a rented, rented land, <laughs> even though it's your own website. And so, you know, how do you convert that to actual owned land and, and where, you know, it's either subscribers or things like that, or obviously customers or things that are actually contributing to revenue. 
because that's really important. So we're looking at like, how do we shift the focus to, okay, traffic's important. We have to have this growth, the growth goals month over month, but then like, let's also look at these other things that are, you know, a little bit down funnel. And then on the brand side, honestly, you know, I think uh, uh, someone I really uh, love who's just like fantastic and has a great team is Kyle Lacey at, uh, is the CMO at Lessonly. And he was talking recently about how, you know, his team is, is, doing like, you know, I think it was the 80, 20, or maybe a slightly different ratio on that, but the branded side of things, they're literally not measuring. They're like, let's not measure that at all. And I think, right. You know, we we're on our team, we're kind of looking at some of those leading indicators, like, you know, is our social following increasing on LinkedIn is, you know, those kind of things that are the, the ripple effects of our social engagement. But what we've really focused on is just getting the team active and involved in like, for us, for example, like LinkedIn is the place where salespeople hang out. So we're helping them build their personal brands, which also like has a great positive effect for us as a business and a company. Um, and it's just, that's been really impactful, you know, just to kind of get that motion going and not, not necessarily be like, Hey, you've got to get this many views or anything like that, because I think we're, we're giving them the flexibility to really like grow into their voice, which helps everyone. I, I love it. And shout out Kyle, shout out Lessonly, big news with the seismic acquisition. And mm-hmm. I'm, you brought up Kyle and he's a, he's a local marketer here in Indianapolis. So I'm fortunate enough to know him. Um, but the, he's, he had a tweet last night where he basically shared like at Lessonly, like we separated our demand and we separated our brand efforts mm-hmm. and we didn't measure our brand efforts, but you know, we, we did them and allowed us to be more creative and listening to you talk. And that's something that I've been thinking about. And it's good that leaders exist like Kyle who can say, well, Hey, we actually did this and this is what happened with our business. So I think that was a good call out there on Kyle. Yeah, it was so funny because it's something, like I said, I think this whole ratio has been in the front of my mind in the past few months and, you know, just in recent times. And then seeing, I saw that tweet too. And I was just like, this is so exciting because I think he, he's really a thought leader in the space. And I think that because he and his team have been able to be experimenting and trying new things and really not stuck to that kind of corporate <laughs> playbook that a lot of people are really like stuck with then uh that's why they've been really successful is because he he can lead them in that way you know so i think that's a good example of someone because i mean you were smaller but i think that shows um that shows even at, at a larger company that did get acquired and all that kind of stuff it works there too you know but you have to have people in place that are willing to accept that and understand that. And you have to have everyone from the top down. That's like, okay, you know, us trying new things and, and having, um, you know, for example, for us, if we, if we have failure, it shows that we're at least trying things that are outside of the box. If our, if my team is scared of failure, then I've, I've failed at that. Right. Because it's something that um, they're not willing to try new things. And we're never really going to get those like surprise wins. I think if we aren't trying things that are a little outside the box. Yeah, I think that's great insight. I'd love to touch on just you mentioned the the partner marketing role and mm-hmm. I think it's it, we're to the point right now with B2B marketing that if you're not collaborating with with teams at some level like you're probably doing something wrong like the the building of relationships, creating content with others, getting exposure to their audience like it just seems like it's table stakes at this point. So I think you typically like just team members are kind of distributed doing certain things. I think it's cool that you're thinking about a dedicated role focused on these initiatives. What what types of activities is, is that role um, going to be responsible for? And is it going to be measured on kind of the, the brand stuff, the demand stuff, or maybe a mixture of both? 
Yeah, I mean, I think what's been interesting to me is because, you know, I've been involved in the e-commerce space and obviously partner marketing and affiliate marketing is very different there, right? In the SaaS space, what I think has been very, you know, just kind of as a preface of what we're doing um, has been interesting is we, we talk to other SaaS companies or other like cross-promotional tools and they're just like almost like deer in headlights. They're like, we've never done partner marketing before or we or we don't even understand how to, to do that, right? So um, what we've focused on is really like in this phase one, essentially, is our partner market. He's, he's really solid in the enablement side of it and really just like getting people activated. Um, and he comes from, from Vidyard and he was able to really work on that. So I know even in, in other partner marketing programs I've run before, if you don't have that right, like you can sign on a million partners and it doesn't matter because, you know, it, it's the same as the customers. If you don't activate and engage them, you know, it doesn't matter. So my focus has been like, you know, let's kind of experiment with the right kind of partners. Um, let's get the focus more on just like how many we're bringing on, but not where we're just setting overly aggressive goals where it just bringing on too many where, you know, it's not the right fit. And then like kind of down the funnel, let's look at the right kind of leads. So what kind of leads are we we're getting in the door? So they may be leads that are in our target persona, or they may be leads that are like um, having multiple seats. So that's really, cause that's, that's what we want to have more of. And so, so that's the focus is like, let's just, let's just get the motion of the, of the, of the program in place. I think first without like too many metrics around it. The metrics are mostly just kind of like what activities do we have in marketing that are partner led and um, you know, what kind of leads at a high level that we have coming in over time. It'll be like, are we having the right kind of leads coming in from partner marketing that are like really specific to the kind of people we want to get coming in as new customers? Something you said there, just enablement, fo- enablement and enablement focus. I feel like just from a marketing perspective is extremely underrated, but a necessary component of what we do, enabling other people, enabling other teams on maybe not necessarily what your product does and how it works. I think that's part of it, but also like, this is what we stand for. And this is our mission. Like, are, mm-hmm. are you aligned with that? Maybe share some perspective on just like this big component that I don't think it's talked about enough, but just like enablement and marketers role in enablement. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times, especially with partners, it's, um, it, we, we think of it in the same way as like retention, you know, of anything. Like um, a lot of times that's the thing that we, we, I think in general, marketers are so obsessed with um, that initial acquisition. And that could be from a customer's perspective, from a lead perspective, from a partner perspective, where we're just like, put more in the bucket, put more in the bucket. And we're just like constantly focused on that. And that's where, you know, you, it, it may look okay initially, but then there's not a lot of uh, balance below that. And then that ends up like leading to issues later, you know? So I think it kind of covers a multitude of sins that later you're like, oh, we're in trouble, you know? Um, so with this, I think you think of it like retention with anything. Um, you think of it like, how do we retain and actively engage these, these partners, for example, where they feel like they're supported and they, you know, in essence, with that, a lot of times it has to be you bringing more to the table, maybe at the beginning than they are, because they may be a perfect fit as a partner. They may have a great audience, but they just are not, they don't have a content team or they don't, you know, have um, writers available. So you kind of have to be like, hey, here's this like perfectly packaged thing that we're handing to you. Um, and all you have to do is show up or all you have to do is contribute a quote here and here or like some slides here and there. So I think initially that looks like creating assets that are really easy to to utilize and and then um, just kind of having them step into it. And then over time, finding people who are already pretty, you know, active as partners with other other brands. 
Yeah, the the thing you touched on that is so important that I just want to highlight for people listening is maybe going above and beyond or doing more than than you expect. I think when building relationships and you're the driver of it, like going above and beyond and going out of your way to do as much as possible, like that stuff matters. And I think that stands out to people. And the more consistent you are with those activities on the enablement side, probably the better and stronger relationships you're going to be building. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, and and like I mentioned, I think a lot of times I've seen that it's the forgotten aspect in general, you know, retention is often the forgotten thing with, you know, with customers and, and with this too. So, um, you know, you're, if you, over time with a program, you measure based on things like retention or you measure based on things like retaining partners or things like that, it's really powerful because that's, that's a metric that should show maturity of the program that should show like, Oh, Hey, like it actually, we're moving that and we're increasing the engagement or increasing the, um, the, the, the active partners, you know, percentage of total. And so that's really the stuff that should be looked at in the, in the future. No doubt about it. Going back to just this, the balancing act between SEO and, and maybe edit more editorial topics, how are you thinking about just the execution of that? Like, is it a, a planning session and you say, well, this week we, we want to do something that's more brand focused. And then the next week we want to do something that's more maybe SEO focused, or maybe is it a mix? Like, how are you thinking through the the mix and just the balancing act of the two? Yeah. I mean, part of it's um, us being able to be reactive and have ideas, you know, as they come up, but my major goal, you know, we brought on a new content manager a couple months ago around the same time as the partner manager. And my biggest goal was let's be out ahead as far as we can, you know? So if we're at some point, if we're three months out ahead and we've already like assigned all those articles and really like gotten some graphics being developed and all that stuff, you know, right now we're probably, we're getting farther ahead. Thanks to our like fantastic work of our content manager. But I think like, that's the goal is for us to just like have some room, maybe like 10 to 20% of, of, of uh, the slots available for things that come up or what, when we want to be kind of creative, but also just like front loading that creativity now, or we can say, okay, like, you know, there's seasonality with things like in January, for example, you know, a lot of people um, are thinking about different topics or they're like, oh, I need to be productive or I want to look at certain things that are future trends. So, you know, we can plan a lot of that ahead and just have a brainstorming session where we're like, okay, here's stuff that's like front of mind. Uh, you know, there are some things that are less evergreen, obviously, like, for example, we've, we've seen some trends recently where people are talking about um, four day work weeks or things like that in, in sales specifically. And um, that's something that is, is really, we want to kind of like, you know, attach to that, to that discussion, because it's something that may not be something we're talking about six months from now, but it's a really like a heated discussion now. And so we, we mostly are um, keeping an eye out. And so me and my team are very active on just like different communities on Slack, um, different communities that are, you know, pretty active. And then as obviously on LinkedIn and just like keeping our ear, ear to that and saying like, what is stuff we can, can be a part of this conversation as it happens. I love the, the, here's the planning and here's the schedule, but we're building in some flexibility into that because things change. And we know as marketers, you got to be able to adapt. And also just what you ended with, with Slack communities, LinkedIn, social, that's something just as I've gotten back into this space is just how important activation. And when I say activation, it's not like, all right, Hey, go download this. Here's our new ebook in this Slack community, but it's just the kind of the hand-to-hand combat of like building relationships in those groups 
how important has has that been in like your online presence presence of you and your team and 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 building relationships and and kind of what you're building and what you're doing at Mailshake? I think it's huge. I mean, our I think in the past our team, you know, just we've we've been kind of marketers who talk to salespeople, but now we're really becoming like very understanding of their their entire day to day and. We are like, how, you know, let's get into kind of their mindset. Let's understand what, what they're both from an empathy perspective, but also from uh, like, what do we talk about? What do we share? You know, how do we have that conversation? And so we've, we've gotten better at that. I think it's just like, you know, our, our content manager, she was, she's already had been involved in some of those communities and, and then our sales manager, he, um, he's very active and he's always like, kind of like surfacing new kinds of communities that, that we can take part in. And also I think sharing the right kinds of one of communities, because there's some that are not very active or, you know, not very engaged, but also looking at the topics that are like, oh, these are some things that either we may want to take part and be a part of, or we may want to like be a guest on some of these things, um, which has been really great because we've been, you know, having had pretty open arms from a lot of these communities to really be actively um, contributing thought leadership in terms of cold email and outreach. But I think it's been, like you said, for the the one-to-one relationship. And that's been really big for me as a marketer where I've gotten very involved in some of these communities that maybe marketing communities or things like that. And I'm just like, the kind of collaborations happening is fantastic because then, you know, they may do a guest post for us, or I may be, you know, contributing to something that they're, they have, you know, in that community. Um, and so I think that's something that I've, I've been, it's been like a nice kind of thing that I didn't expect to happen. But then as I was getting involved, I was like, Oh, these, these really quick relationships that we're forming almost like real life, you know, real offline relationships. And it's been so, so uh, like, there's like kind of a core group of people that are forming in these communities that are like really involved and actively helping each other with a lot of different things. No doubt about it. And I I love, so there's this, the old school marketers like, all right, it's the volume game. Let's, let's pump it out. Let's go, go, go. Mm. And so they might hesitate from like getting down, getting in these communities and building these one-to-one relationships. But what I found and kind of what I hear you echo is that you build these relationships and you do something with someone who has a similar thing or a sim- solving a similar problem. And then all of a sudden just different opportunities blossom from those relationships. So it's, it's, it's fun and it's, it's exciting. And the reason why I like it is because you get to do things like this and just meet someone you didn't know and mm-hmm. share some perspective. So I think I see those people, I see that movement. And I, I hope that anyone who's listening, um, who's not involved in online communities on social platforms or in Slack communities kind of takes the initiative and goes in because I think it can be a, a really big brand driver for your business. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is I, I joke that I'm kind of like the app queen. Like I know all the apps for all the things. And what's so interesting is like, you know, I've kind of been more active on Twitter recently, which I think of like, there's kind of many communities within it. And I was like, you know, I'm looking for a certain tool, uh, you know, yesterday that before I was, I was like, let me just post about it. And the coolest thing was seeing the people that I'm actually active with in those other communities that are on Slack. They were the people who were answering, you know, here's some tools I use for that and everything. And I think the most surprising part is I thought I knew, like, I'm like, I know the entire internet. I know every tool that exists this. And I found two or three tools that I had never heard of before. And so tapping into just like the the knowledge of a lot of these people was really powerful because I was like, you know, I need to do this more often where I'm just like, uh, I'm hearing from the real world examples of things that have worked for people. And that's been really powerful because a lot of times as marketers were like, well, we're like in our own little bubble and I can figure it out myself or something like that. But 
Um, what I realized is that even in other places, you know, a lot of these people that are actively engaged with me on those communities are also actively engaged with me other, other, in other channels and like on social media and things like that. So it's a really cool ripple effect of that, that shared knowledge. And what I found too, just um, to pile on that note is that you meet these people who work at companies and are part of brands that have tools and solutions that could be beneficial to you and your role in what you do. Mm-hmm. And you meet these people, you build relationships, you realize that there's an alignment on your point of view on marketing. And then all of a sudden something comes up where you in your role need something. Those are the people you're going to turn to. You're going to say, Hey, like set me up with whoever I need to talk to, to learn more about your product. And I, I think that's really cool because it, it shows the importance of building these one-to-one relationships. And I don't know, like, I don't ever mean to like disparage anybody's product and what everyone's working on. But like, at the end of the day, like a lot of these things are just feature wars and they come down to similar products, whatever. And it, to me as a brand marketer, the brands are what stands out and the people that build the brands Mm -hmm. are, that's the differentiator. So that's just an observation I've made over the last eight months, which I think is, is pretty incredible and might not have happened that way five to 10 years ago. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, when you're when you're getting to kind of the future wars, then it's something that um, I think some of these things that we've been talking about, like brand and you know community and all those things that are uh, thankfully they're becoming a little bit more to the forefront now. Um, but it's a slow movement, right? I think a lot of times you are just like, well, we're still doing the, the the tried and true ways of doing things. But it's how people shop for software now. It's how people you know do that that kind of customer journey that is not at all linear like it used to be. It's like 20 different things that they're doing as they're researching. But I agree. I mean, for us, like at Mailshake, our software is simple. And when as people kind of see us in the community and all that kind of stuff, they see that first of all, we're, we have fun with, with things. And so that stands out because they're like, oh, you're not just this same old messaging I'm seeing from everyone. Um, you have fun and they get an idea for our team. And I think that really shows them our team it has like a, a great heart for for like doing right by our customers and all that kind of stuff, which has an impact on, on like you're saying, all the other stuff. Like then people kind of are like, oh, you know, these things, these tools may look similar, but I'm getting more of an idea of kind of the people behind it. That's great. Maybe we close it out with this and just getting your feedback on you are in a stage right now where you've got some really good stuff going. You're bringing on new people to help contribute to what you're building. Maybe a year from now, like what what are your goals with the team? What are your goals with kind of trying to balance this SEO brand content game? Like what is your vision kind of a year or maybe two years down the road with marketing at Mailshake? Um, I think, you know, with, like I mentioned, I, I think of some of these things as more own channels. So, you know, if we can move more people to being um, subscribers or leads or, you know, demo requests, things like that, I think that's always going to be a really healthy thing for us to just have that be more percentage of, you know, what we're capturing or measuring um, over the, the next year or so. Um, and then just really in terms of, I think the, the biggest success with me w- would be if, if each of these channels works in its own right and we figure out, you know, what, what's working well for each of them so that over, you know, however long we can grow teams under each of them. And it can be something that, you know, we're like, okay, partners working out, we're growing a team on that, we're growing content team, we're growing, you know, maybe a growth team eventually something, you know, along lines of retention. And so I think that, um, you know, really this is kind of setting the foundation for, how we we find the wins and that and how we just like scale those up and really like kind of turn up the dials on them. Um, and that would be a success from from both a 
having my team find, you know, experiment and find the things that are that, but also obviously from a, a company perspective and, and revenue. Awesome stuff, Alessandra. This was a great conversation. I learned a ton. I know people out there, hopefully you got your notepads out, taking notes. Before I let you go, it is a marketing podcast. So going to have you plug something. What is something you're working on at MailShake that we can point people to, to go check out? Yeah, for sure. So I one, one of the things people seem to love from us is our uh, cold email masterclass. And so if you go on our homepage and scroll to the bottom, um, you can check that out. But yeah, it's really like a very comprehensive end-to-end um, masterclass that people can take. And it's just, you don't have to enter your email or anything. You go on there and you can learn a lot about, you know, how to do cold outreach. So um, if people have, it, it's like basically a mini MBA, but uh, you know, it doesn't take you two years. So <laughs> it's a great way to fast track your knowledge on, on cold email. I love it. Everyone go check it out. Alessandra, thank you so much for your time. Talk to you soon. Thank you. I'm always game for ways that we can talk about balancing out all the SEO related content. It is important, but it shouldn't be all about that and activating some of that editorial content. What's that balance? So I thought Alessandra did a great job of sharing her insights and expertise there. If you like what I'm doing, hit the subscribe button, tell a friend about the show, and sign up for the juice already. It's free. Go to thejuicehq.com. Start enjoying your frictionless content experience today. Enjoy your weekend. Make it count. You deserved it. We'll talk to you next week.